Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we discuss pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. I'm your host, Julia Washington, and on today's show, Nikki is back, and we are talking about the Ida B. Wells Barbie. On January 11th, 2022, Barbie announced they were releasing a Barbie representing Ida B. Wells as part of their Inspiring Women series. The doll would become available for purchase on January 17th. But before we talk about this, let me reintroduce you to my guest. Nikki was here in season one, and we discussed our love and affection for Malcolm Jamal Warner, because honestly, yeah, yes, and our discussion of love in Hollywood. She and I have been friends for a long, long time, and I'm honored she considers me a friend. And something you didn't know you needed to know about her, she played at Carnegie Hall. Welcome back to the show, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) That was my audience roar. (laughs) And the crowd goes wild. Love it love it omg i just feel like you know i should have one of those buttons that makes yes! mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. the fake applause like the sitcom applause oh my god <laughs> how can i turn my show into a 90s sitcom Ooh, ooh, ooh those would be thoughts mm, mm-hmm. that would be fun mm-hmm. yeah 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 right that could, that could be like a future conversation mm-hmm. and then we could set it up like a sitcom yes oh my gosh that'd be so much fun big ideas are happening (laughs) yes i am here for it with our powers combined with yes (laughs) listen do you want to be the cfo of my company (laughs) for sure let's go right now we make hundreds of dollars listen tens of dollars yes yes a hundred tens of dollars and there's, I would expect it. There's no, there's not a lot of profit earning right now, but we're still new. We're still new. And technically, are you an LLC? No, I can't afford it in the state of California. I was going to ask about that because those fees are real. Mm-hmm. And it's annual, right? Like it's not just a one-off. You have to pay that fee every year. Um, there are certain fees that you could get around, but you can either do like an LLC or you could do like an escort. Mm, and so it gives you like that barrier that taxation barrier which is helpful yeah but um it will take your uh it will take the earnings of your corporation and add it to whatever your day job is oh so like if you pay yourself as an employee Mm -hmm. or if you just like um let's just say you pull money out occasionally or you don't pay yourself as an employee and maybe you use your day job as your source of income. Mm-hmm. However, uh, the stipulations, you're still, as an S-corp, you get a table K, which will outline um, your revenue and your earnings and net profit, right? With oh. your taxes for the year. So yeah, lots of I options. should look into, and because in when I was freelancing in grad school, I was a, considered a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I that's, 
what this should be, but no, it's not as I'm learning more about just the overall thing. And, you know, last year when we launched, it wasn't really like a business idea. It was just like, I'm sad. Let's talk to people about what <laughs> media influences us. Yes. And now I see the potential professionally. Um, and we've run ads on like, Hey, you know, join us on Patreon for so much a month. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, Oh shit. Like I, don't I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) no the respect respect absolutely it's better for you to acknowledge that you don't than for you to pretend like you do and then fuck yourself over yeah so like any income which hasn't been much because people have advertised on the show um any income I don't that I don't even use that money to pay my out my expenses because it's not cheap you know I use a hosting site and I um have like the hosting site's 20 bucks a month. And then I use, you know, create the creative cloud service to do editing. And then I use, um, this program called a script to do my transcription and then, you know, website hosting and then paying Canva for the pro so I can do all the fun things. Like, so all of those expenses I'm paying out of pocket. I'm not even paying from the money that I'm getting from advertisers and why because, not? because I, um, because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, then then sign me up as CFO and we'll get a few things organized. For you. Yeah. There You'll you still go. need to have like someone to um, properly do your taxes. Yeah. But I know enough about taxes. I could help make sure that you're set up correctly. Yeah. And make so sure like, that you're organized enough. Yeah. So like I set up folders in my computer, like here's all the invoices for Canva. Here's all the invoices for Libsyn. Here's all, you know, so those are all separated. And then, um, and then I told, I was telling you about how I'm kind of in that, not a fight with the city, but definitely we're having words. Cause I mm-hmm. stopped in 2020. I stopped freelancing cause I got tapped to help with COVID and that was, you know, a 70 hour a week job. Ooh, nice. And I keep sending, telling him like, I have no earnings. Like I closed shop. I have no earnings. I worked for the County. Like yeah. all of my earnings were through the County. They took out taxes. Cause I was an employee. Like I, um, I was not operating as a business. Um, and so that's a fun battle that I'm like, great. I have to carve I, out time to get to the city to get that shit figured out. I was about to say, I don't quite understand why it's still a problem. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with the city, like in, in your case, it's pretty straightforward. I've seen other issues where it's been more complex, but yours is straightforward. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't quite understand um, what the real issue is on their part. I don't know. Like they're just so disorganized. They well, and there was something like, themselves. oh, here's a form that you need to fill in. Well, can I fill it in digitally and send it back? No, you have to, you have to, you sent me a fucking printed, a form I have to print. Who owns a printer? <laughs> nope nope at the music store I would send everything and email it to myself and print it at the music store yeah I have someone else do it yeah absolutely same I had to I had to send something back and they sent me a label to print and I was like cool I'll email this to the nearest grandparent because I have a fucking printer (laughs) (laughs) who has a printer oh my god nobody does and and I think too that's part of the like the design is flawed because it's not like I was I'm not in the same camp as some of these bigger companies in town, right? Like mm-hmm. I, at the most, my quarterly earnings were like $1,200. Okay. So yeah, yeah. it was, it was actually like, you know, so the tax I was paying to the city was like 
a buck 40. It was more, right. it cost me more money to mail the fucking form than I was paying in taxes. Like it was stupid. So, so when I got tapped, I was like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I don't want to yeah. keep this going. I have this full-time job. And, and then now here we are two years later right. and I'm like, shit, I got to figure my shit out. <laughs> anyway, now that um, Nikki's demonstrated that she's a black nerd and we love her. <laughs> We can talk finances, numbers, accounting, taxes all day. Yeah. We'll do that offline so as not to bore the audience. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Slight tangent. Slight so tangent. for those of you who are still with us. <laughs> yeah, me guys. Yeah. Here we go. Um, okay, so let's get into the Barbie conversation. Barbie introduced the Inspiring Women series with 14 dolls in total in 2018. Since then, Barbie has released new leaders every year, and this year included Ida B. Wells, Rosa Parks, Maya Angelou, Florence Nightingale, Helen Keller, Susan B. Anthony, and a few others. First of all, I just want to put a note out there. Susan B. Anthony is sold out, by the way, and I don't know why, but that really bothered me. We can talk about that in a second. Interesting. You and I have talked offline about my affection for Barbie. I love Barbie. (laughs) Good thing I didn't have a girl. (laughs) If you want to go into gender stereotypes and, you know, heteronormative shit, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I definitely, if I had had a daughter 20 years ago, (laughs) a whole lot of Barbie in this house. So, I mean, all that language should be embarrassed. Maybe I don't care. But the first time I saw a black Barbie, I think it was like eight or nine somewhere around there so it's like 92 93 so barbie started in like the 50s so that's a long time before i you know and i don't know if that's when they originally introduced a black barbie and she had silky smooth hair by the way so let's just talk about barbie for a second did you ever have barbies um i feel like the answer is gonna be no yeah yeah, the answer is up. Um, what I will say is Barbies were given to me as a gift um, because I have a vagina. Yeah. People said, this girl is going to want to play with a Barbie. Mm-hmm. And so for people who didn't know me, yeah, I got those as presents. And I'd be like, cool. What else? <laughs> what else did we get? The fuck is this bitch doing in my gift pile? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was a very um uh, I don't know I never really sat still long enough to play with the Barbie mm. right I was a kid who was up and moving and if I could climb on something without getting yelled at by my mother I would yeah. definitely do so yeah um, I was climbing outside I was running outside I was uh, chasing the UPS truck as he would like drive around in the apartment complex to like run and get on the little um, gate yeah, right on the back to see yeah. if I could get, yeah, I was that kid. So like to sit around and play with Barbies, it was of no interest to me. You know um, what, it is a good thing that we met in adolescence because I don't <laughs> think you would have liked me. <laughs> I just feel like, but mom, she plays with Barbies. I don't want to go over there. Yeah. Really socks and plays with Barbies. Who the fuck oh. is this bitch? Oh my god, no! <laughs> um, respect to all of the really sock wearers, but I was just too much of a tomboy. So I would rather like go outside and, and play football to the point where I tried to convince my mother to let me join Pee Wee. 
football. Oh, I love that. They wouldn't have let you join because you're a girl. They'd have no, been like, girls can't play football. Exactly. She'll have a period one day. She can't, yeah. she can't throw a ball around. She's like, too emotional. She's too emotional. She's too young to have her period, but one day she will, and it'll just be too much for her. And like, but it's coming oh. and it's going to last for 40 years. <laughs> for 40 years. But yeah, so I didn't, I didn't have Barbie dolls. I mean, I had them, but um, they did would any, stay in their case. Did anybody ever buy you a black Barbie? Yes, I did have a couple of them. Um, and I think I had them rather young because I'm trying to think of where we were living at the time and what my age would have been around there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I definitely got one before the age of eight. Oh, right? I should have looked up to see before we started talking when Barbie, when did Barbie, when did I think Barbie introduce black Barbie? Come on, Google, don't let me down today. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 1980. No, okay. Wait, Barbie's best friend Christy was introduced in 1968 as an African American Barbie. Wait, but an official African American Barbie wasn't created until 1980. Okay. All right. Isn't that interesting? She had a black friend, and then 10 years later, she got to be her own person. Go for yeah, Go that's for not, that's not, that tracks. <laughs> tracks, absolutely tracks. Yep. The American way. You yep. have to be a sidekick for 70 years. And be happy, be happy about be it. Be happy okay? that you're be a sidekick. About it. Yeah. You're so lucky you get to be a sidekick. <laughs> you could be a nobody. You could be a nobody. You're a sidekick, so congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, this when is did Barbie yes. make black Barbies? Oh, an equal rights movement? Listen, now I'm getting conflicting information, but I'm gonna stick with what history.com says because I don't know, because history is history. It's the history channel. African American and Latina Barbie introduced. While well, there had been an Af- other African American dolls in the Barbie collection before, including Barbie's friend Christy, mm-hmm. first introduced in 1968, an official African American Barbie was wasn't created until 1980. So it's interesting that it was created in 1980, but in Modesto we didn't really see. Because girl, I lived in the toy aisle. If we're gonna be honest. <laughs> I got a shit ton of money for an eight-year-old my eighth birthday. I yeah. walked out of Target with two garbage bags full of toys. Yes, yes. I love that. I love mm. that. Absolutely. I'll take mm-hmm. this one and that yep. one and this one. Yep. Let's rock it up. Just mm-hmm. go ahead. Let's I love my dolls. Throw it in the bag. I was such a girly girl who- What, what was it about the dolls that like intrigued you or wanted? What made you want to like sit down- and play with them was it like the creative aspect yeah I just I liked that they were pretty I liked that they had clothes that were pretty I liked <laughs> I actually definitely like retro Barbie more than I do current Barbie I mean I love like we could get into current Barbie all the and all the shit like you know it definitely is different Barbie than we were girls <clears throat> yeah little girls but like I I love do you remember were you living in Modesto when I was going through my retro phase I don't know if you were here I I mean because we grew up on movies from the 50s and so just like the idea of retro Barbie just like I have (laughs) Hallmark does Christmas ornaments every year and they always have a retro Barbie and for like a solid 
15 years I bought the retro Barbie and like a col- they and then one year they had like they had like a stand where you could display them all so it's like yes I need that too. <laughs> I love it. but I liked making them play together I liked creating a world I like it was another form of storytelling I liked creating yeah. a story with them and it was just so much fun and I could make their world anything I wanted yeah and I think that was the biggest part right like I don't know if I fully understood the world I was in so I can mm-hmm. make a world I could understand oh no oh that's actually rather beautiful that's kind of poetic to be honest look at kind of me being intelligent yeah. I like that didn't understand the world I was in so I made one that I could create therefore I understood ironically with all white people <laughs> Because, you know, I, again, like, I think it was eight before I saw Black Barbie, which Modesto, like, come on, 1980. Yeah. And it's like 12 years later, we're se- or, or maybe I just, we weren't just where we weren't looking for, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, and then of course, you know, there's all those studies and all these people who talk about like, here's how Barbie's damaging for, you know, um, representation and not just like representation in terms of like race representation, but like, this is an unrealistic standard that women need to achieve and like all that stuff. And it's a complicated mess. And I'm over here just like, can I get a retro black Barbie? (laughs) (laughs) Please me me, for me. Thanks. This is for me. Come on, Mattel. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. No, I mean, you got two years before I'm 40, make it happen. Um, because there's, I mean, there's a couple of aspects of like what you're talking about, right? So um the first part about either like not seeing a Barbie by eight or you know, were there any around, maybe you were looking for them. It also, I mean, a Barbie is a retail item, right? It is a product. And what do they do? They tailor their products depending on the area in which they're being shipped. So if you live in a predominantly white neighborhood, mm-hmm. white city, white town, white area, it would make more sense at that time that they would bring more lighter skin or pale Barbies to that area because that's what they feel would fit their target market for that, that makes sense. Barbie. Yeah, you know that makes so, sense because there's stuff that we find at the targets in LA where I'm just like, why does our fucking target have this shit? Exactly. It's a different it's a different market. Different completely. market. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So no, that that completely makes sense. But I was, I'm not exactly sure what made me be like anti-Barbie. Yeah, it's because you were just born a badass. Let's just be I, honest. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but there was definitely something that like switched in my brain where I was just like, no, fuck all this shit. And it, it happened at such a young age that I don't think I realized that's what was going on in my brain at the time. Mm-hmm. But that was definitely what was going on to the point where it just kind of grew and I just became like anti-Barbie. Oh, and interesting. So, yeah. And so, um, oh, geez, was this junior high, freshman year of high school? At some point in some English class, we were allowed to, you know, do a paper and a presentation. And for some reason, the topic was wide. And I... I don't know what was going on with me and my brain at the time, but what I said my topic was going to be was Barbie. Mm-hmm. Because at this particular phase of my life, I was so anti-Barbie and what I felt she represented. Mm-hmm. 
right? Which I so, feel tracks for the nineties, right? Cause the late nineties is kind of when she started, people were starting to wake up to like, where's Barbie Ash? Like, why can Barbie only be a pretty housewife? Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I mean, I'm, I'm going to fact I check just, that for sure. When they started introducing the other types of Barbies, but like in our tiny little town of Modesto. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it was. So when I wrote my paper, my paper was Barbie. And then my introduction was, um, oh geez, it was like one sentence. Barbie was inspired from the configurations of the sex doll in the Norwegian countries. What? That was my intro because I was just, I was so over the bullshit. I was like, I did the research to figure out why Barbie has the shape that she has, Mm -hmm. why Barbie looks the way she looks. And I can't remember all the story because it was so long ago, but it's something like, you know, a woman was in one of the Norwegian countries and and, uh, Scandinavian countries, and she was inspired by a sex doll. And then something about a particular, her like plane ride back, where she was talking to a friend of hers who happened to be male, and they were talking about it. And so somewhere on that plane ride, by the time they got back, they decided this is what the dolls need to look like. And I was just like, the foundation mm-hmm. of how Barbie was created is incredibly problematic and toxic on so many levels. Mm-hmm. I was like, but you guys are already just idolizing her, thinking this is what beauty standards are supposed to be. And I was like, right. what's all this? You know what I mean? Right. You're worried about your 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 tiny waist or the fact that you have a butt but Barbie doesn't have a butt so you feel like you should have a butt yeah. and Hollywood has these women with these tiny waists and no butts and no boobs and you feel like that's just, I was like call that right yeah. but it 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 stemmed from Barbie but at the time I didn't quite realize what my frustration was but it was clearly I had an issue with myself because I looked the way I look and I didn't really look like the way Barbie looked mm-hmm. and everybody loved Barbie and everyone Hollywood looked like Barbie. And I was sitting here like, okay, I don't into any of this. Yeah. Cause even when you look at like the inspiring women series, they're still shaped like Barbie shape, right? Like, like, yeah. Like the Eleanor Roosevelt doll. Oh gosh. I did not look at that, but I'm Googling that right now. <laughs> I want to see what I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm like, no, that looks like Barbie. Like that doesn't, and say, you know, and that's true for, and they do change the face a little bit. They, you know, her eyes are set in the way that Eleanor Roosevelt's eyes are set. But the, but the point is, is that, you know, when they finally did do a black Barbie, she still had silky smooth hair. I kind of, oh, the Ella Fitzgerald Barbie sold out. Now I'm sad because I didn't know, but the Ella Fitzgerald Barbie, this is not, Mm -hmm. she's shaped like Barbie. Ella Fitzgerald was not a tiny woman. Not a tiny woman and she was not shaped like Barbie. Absolutely. Mm -mm. Um, By the way, Eleanor Roosevelt kind of looks like uh, a bad version of Mary Poppins. (laughs) Her doll. it's not she's not really giving like the justice of Eleanor herself but yeah um, yeah yeah, shout out to them (laughs) even the um Rosa Parks Barbie she looks like she's just first of all she looks too young (laughs) right oh my god oh yeah she's got baby smooth skin she looks way too young yeah, she looks way too young. Do 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 love her coat though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. 
I respect it. And you know what? Her doll should be fucking sold out too. Oh, this one came out actually in 2019. Okay, so I was wrong. Um, but yeah, I just feel like, you know, the struggle is for me, I guess, because I grew up in I'm trying to think of how to say this without sounding like an asshole. <laughs> because I've been very open on the show about how I grew up being told I was re- like really pretty and treated like a beautiful woman and just the perks of co- that come with that. So I guess like Barbie's unrealistic beauty standards, I don't know if they affected me because mm. I was being told that I was beautiful all the time. Right, 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 right. Ooh, I did think high. it was weird. <laughs> so, so this is, I'm just going to say, it. I did think it was weird though. Like, I remember thinking like, why is like her underneath not real? Like yes. that I couldn't understand. Like on a, on like a Cabbage Patch doll or like some of the other dolls that existed, like I understood it because yeah. they had like fabric, mm-hmm. you know, but like, on, I remember having this moment on Barbie just being like, I don't get the bottom part like this doesn't make sense to me <laughs> I feel like this does not compute no. I mean now as a grown-up I'm like yeah it'd be fucking weird if they like actually created realistic looking underneath on that would just be weird but when you're little and you're trying to figure I don't know I can't believe I just said that out loud just be like her her underneath doesn't look like my underneath yeah like back to your butt comment like why is her butt so tiny like my <laughs> not tiny like Barbie. Barbie, why are your feet so petite I don't get it I don't get it oh yeah I think like in that same report shout out to oh I think in seventh grade um, I think they said that like if they kept Barbie's proportions the way they were, but they like grew her to life size, she would fall over because her feet were too small and her boobs were too big. Like she would be support herself. She wouldn't be able to support herself. She'd be a fucking hot mess. She needs she needs somebody to help her walk. <laughs> yeah, it would be that. Don't we all? <laughs> oh my god. Man, again, I have to go back to the fact that the first black Barbie I saw had silky smooth hair. Like, okay, like, where's my uh-huh, yep, exactly. But shortly after the Ida B Barbie announcement, the internet went a flutter. Some people praised the move, others criticized it because Barbie makes billions of dollars a year, and the companies that distribute Barbie also make millions of dollars a year. And these companies struggle with diversity and high ranking leadership positions, as well as sometimes where they put their money. Um, when I looked at Barbie's leadership, um, specifically like their unit of Mattel, mm-hmm. their president, their senior VP and their senior directed listed are all white. Two of them are women, okay. but they're all white. So the top leadership is all white. So I'd be curious to know what like the next level of management looks like Yeah, and the breakdown there, because the conversation of representation, is this a win or is it performative or is it both? So I want to take a step back real quick. The people that were at the top, the execs that you saw that were all white, male or female, Mm -hmm. um, could you tell like visually 
what age range they might be in like are we talking like over 60 40 to 60 none of them have gray hair okay but it's hard to it's you know what the older we get the harder it is to tell how old somebody is right because like like the like these guys could be in my sister's age 42 they could be in their mid 40s okay and i i only ask that because of course that makes a difference with like how they potentially grew up and potential mindset. Mm-hmm. It um, does make a difference because mm-hmm. if you're plastering people of color in your marketing materials, but then your leadership is all white, that's a problem. Yes. And people have been complaining about that happening in the Silicon Valley. Yes. Tech is so guilty. Yes. A thousand percent guilty. They're the first one to be like, diversity Ooh, let's put up a black square on social media we're helping to represent we're allies and then you look at the people at the top and you're like hmm ally how mm-hmm. ally where yeah what work are you doing where where because you're not out in the community mm-hmm. where your money goes does not seem to actually be you're not you're not talking the talk and walking the walk right, right? and you're barely talking the talk right and that's the other part too, right? Like, so like, um, what happened? There was some sort of marketing, something that happened. Oh, Pepsi's campaign with Kendall Jenner. Do you remember? Oh, please. Cause there's a line, right? God. There's a fine line that people that like, but you know, everyone in the room is like, that's a great idea. This is a great idea. And you this know, somebody white. who was not white was going, should I say something? That like I can't afford to lose my job. Like, yes. that, like, is this you know I'm, what's the I environment think like? Promotion. Like, I don't really want to rock the boat. Because mm-hmm. the environment is it a safe environment for me to say? Like, I know I complain. A, I was you know I complained to you a lot about my last job, which we won't speak specifically of. But at the end of the day, I could still be like, you can't talk to people like that. Like, I felt yes. safe enough to an extent like there were some things where I'm like I can't even get into that space because I will not come out alive but there were some things where I could be like you can't talk to people like that yeah yeah I wonder okay I used to watch uh what is that daytime show the real there was a a, real yeah so there was r-e-a-l r-e-a-l is it a talk show table like a table like they sit around a table and talk um yes oh was it tia mowry on it for a while yes got it okay honestly i think that may have been the inspiration for me to watch it okay um because now that she's gone i just kind of don't but one thing uh god bless lonnie love for keeping it real all the time because i didn't watch the show that often but i watched it one day and they were talking about something similar to like you know kendall and pepsi and Lonnie would always say, this is why you needed Jamal in the room. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jamal would not let you go out there looking like this. Now you don't look like fools. Where's Jamal? Why wasn't Jamal in the room? Mm-hmm. But that's exactly the question, Lonnie Love. Where the hell was Jamal in there yeah. looking at this Pepsi ad going, well, you guys, I think this is a great idea. Because when you create an ad, I mean, as we know, in marketing, there are levels to approvals. Yes. Right? There, there's the group that like puts the initial idea together, and then they take it to their boss. And then yes. it gets proved up the chain mm-hmm. before it goes out, especially if it's a global campaign. 
Mm -hmm. right like the localized ones don't get as much scrutiny but the global campaigns or the campaigns that have like the major celebrities get like twice as scrutinized right so this is going up the chain in this company and everyone's going whatever they thought initially they eventually said yes whether it's right away or not and don't these national campaigns go through like um what are they called focus groups some of them do. Some of them Not do. everybody still does that, but some of them do. Yep. So I'm over here like, okay. And so that's where I'm kind of getting a little stuck with the whole Barbie thing too, because like we mentioned earlier, I didn't see a black Barbie until I was until 1992. And that was 12 yeah. years after the black Barbie first came into existence as her mm-hmm. own character. Oh yeah. That's so it's like, bad. it's like, but you're not, but you're right. You need somebody in the room. You need to be in an invite. You need to create an environment where people can feel free to speak out and not be worried about their promotions, their, um, just general job. Because I have been in situations where it's like, I can't say anything. Cause if I take this to HR, HR is going to attack me. And I know that that's not the point. Like that's not the right. point of HR, but they're going to protect not me. <laughs> I, I was listening to a podcast and that was part of the conversation that came out, which was, it's not just the people in the office that are doing inappropriate things. It's HR that's also playing politics mm-hmm. with these people, allowing certain people to get away with certain things. Mm-hmm. So even if you as an employee would walk into what should be a safe haven, a safe space, a neutral territory called HR. Mm-hmm. Usually HR is also a part of the office politics. Yeah. So you have to be very careful when you go to HR and it should not be that way, but you know, it, unfortunately that's just kind of the way it is. So mm-hmm. you do have to, I don't know, not saying like you have to like walk on eggshells, but you have to be aware of the office environment right Mm -hmm. you might not want to be involved but you need to be aware of the current office politics at any time and at every time before you ever open your mouth just to make sure you're going to be okay yeah Um, and And what do you do yeah and like what do you do when it's not a safe place and you want a safe environment and you want to call somebody out or call somebody in like how like that's the part I struggle with like how do you navigate an environment where it's like that's blatantly racist, that's blatantly homophobic, that's, you know, this is very problematic, but it's not an environment where I can say like, hey guys, do you want to try again? You know what I mean? Or not even be like that sweet about it because I wouldn't necessarily be like icky sweet about it. But, you know, I think about this all the time. I'm the sole provider for my family. Like I've been in situations where I've been unemployed for long periods of time because the citywide politics have come into play and like I don't ever want to be in that position again it is so demoralizing to be super qualified for work and not get hired so then it creates a level of fear of like well I'm not I'm not I'm sitting in my corner I'm not saying shit because I don't want to be in that position again yep absolutely absolutely I think it's I think it's twofold right when it comes to what happened or what should be happening in the corporate world, right? Mm -hmm. One half should be that you should be free and comfortable to speak out against wrongs that you see are happening in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. 
The other half of it is if you had, if the people in the room making the decisions were diverse and had diverse backgrounds, mm -hmm. right? If you had enough diversity in the room, especially with this Kendall situation, several people would have been like, oh, hello, red flag. Mm -hmm. Hello, red flag, right? And it's not even necessarily saying like, someone black should be in the room to be able to speak on black culture because that's not the case either right, right? it's not always true because we you know there's things about other populations that i can identify i don't know everything because i'm not in that group i'm not representative of that group but i've been around enough to know like mm -mm, that's icky that's not right yeah exactly exactly no 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 like so we don't use that word anymore about transgender people you need to fucking stop saying it <laughs> Like that is a thing I've said to people. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I haven't helped them. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's my granny would say, bless your heart. <laughs> bless their little heart. Absolutely. Cause you just like, I don't know. Godspeed, man. <laughs> I can't, I can't. It's the, the other one. That's, that's the other polite fuck off. Yeah. Godspeed. Godspeed. It, it's definitely like, it's, I don't know. As I've gotten older, there's just like less and less that I can, I can find myself tolerating. Mm -hmm. But like, okay, as you know, even when you're interviewing for companies, like you're you're looking for a job, the the process is kind of supposed to be they're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them, mm -hmm. right? Like you're about to step into their office office culture. You're about to step into their world of politics and someone who's just interviewing you can ask questions but you never know until you're there right, right? Like what things look like and that's kind of the frustrating part but there's still some poignant questions you can ask um and I feel fortunate that I have found a place where I feel comfortable opening my mouth and mm -hmm. just like hey that seems like a red flag um and I think the good thing is I haven't yet seen a red flag but I've seen a couple of yellow ones yeah and I was just like oh yeah, we're just going to pivot this conversation. Skirt. Yeah. Did I ever tell you the story? I was at a conference and I'm in, I'm, I recognize and understand that I am a light-skinned black woman. Okay. <laughs> She's a caveat. Uh-huh. And so I'm sitting next to my coworker. He's Indian. He's hilarious. We get along great. Um, and you know, the speakers like talking about how in this deposition, you know, somebody said, referring to a black woman said something to the effect of like, she ratcheted it up mm. and everyone in the room is like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> and I'm sitting over here like, <laughs> and, and my coworkers like, you going to say something, you going to say something, you going to help these white people understand why that's wrong. You going to help, you going to say something. And he's just fucking egging me on. I don't know anybody in the room except for the people I showed up with, by the way, oh, God, this oh, is God, a God. statewide conference, right? Like oh, there's crap. representatives from all over the state and I'm sitting there like, none of y'all know, like, like fucking LA. I would think that people from an LA would know, like, come on, like oh, Bay area no. people, like, come on nobody. And so then finally I was like, I can't, okay. You cannot say to a black woman, do not be ratchet. Nope. And everyone's like, what? Why? No. And then I was like, I recognize and understand that I am light, but as a black woman, you don't say that. No. You all cannot say that. 
the no. only time I've ever been so bold to be like, in a room with yes. you. And then, and then my coworker's like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But just the whole, like they just, and so the woman who this deposition was like this case was, she was a defendant, I think she was like, stark raving mad because the other side used that word descriptor oh. about her and nobody in the room got it and nobody in on no his one stood up for her and and the guy who was pre- presenting was like exactly what she said like if there had been, if his team had been more diverse somebody in the room could have said hey we probably shouldn't use that language in the deposition absolutely absolutely Ab- it's insulting because it made the issue worse because they didn't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. They just left it like uh-huh. this was acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like this is okay. And then it makes you go, if you think this shit's okay, what the fuck else do you think is all right? Yeah. What, yeah. what else are you saying that you're not even writing down, but you're probably verbalizing that you think is acceptable? So I'm like, at the very end, at the very least, check Urban Dictionary before you write your fucking reports, please. <laughs> <laughs> please. And you know, the dictionary isn't always right, but at least it's a start. It's a start. It gets you somewhere. Oh my gosh. Adam oh that was that was such a beautiful moment. Those people will remember you for the rest of your life. Great. For their life. That's just peachy. <laughs> Joel said, no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm gonna school you for 30 seconds. Yeah. Take this. And I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would have, if, if my coworker hadn't have been there being like, you're going to let them talk about this. Like, you're not going to help them understand why this is bad. You don't even, you're not going to be a part of your, they're talking about your people. Like fucking egg me on. Oh, that's beautiful. Shout out to that friend. Yeah. That's a good friend. He's a good dude. I love that. I I enjoyed working with him because mostly because he never got in my way. He would, he would clear the path when I needed shit done. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all need people on our team like that. What oh, do you yeah. need? This is what I need. Okay. And then two hours later, he'd be like, I got you what you need. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that makes work a lot easier. Sure as shit does. Mm. Sure as shit does. But yeah, but yeah, it's hard because it's like, on the one hand, do major corporations led by people who've never faced oppression, who've never had hurdles in the same way minority groups have had, understand what being performative is. Like, is it to that? I would love to get them in the room and be like, do you, do you, do you feel like just to get the genuine, like, are you truly convicted? And this is what you think is right. Because to us, it feels performative or, you know, for me, I'm like, yes, black Barbie. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the black Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You, you, Oh my God, Nikki, the worst offense ever. Do you, you probably don't remember this. Barbie did a princesses from around the world. No, I don't remember that. They did, uh uh-huh, like 20 plus years ago. They made three Irish princess Barbies, three, okay? They made a redhead, they made a blonde, they made a brunette. Ask me how many African princess Barbies they made. Oh, fuck. How many? One. I, and when, I couldn't afford to buy her, and when I finally had the money, it was gone. I couldn't get it. Did they... All I want is an African princess Barbie. 
It's all I fucking want. Did they if they only made her? one, like Africa's a fucking country. It's a That's continent. That's what I was going to say. Did they label her from the whole continent? Yes, they they, she was African Princess Barbie. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But That's Irish Princess Barbie, there was three of them. With three different hairstyles. Three different hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. That's what, Barbie, come it's on. It's so disrespectful. It's so Get disrespectful. Together. You know how many countries are on the continent of Africa? Come on. Not to mention we originated from there. Show some damn respect. Right? Show show some respect. Yeah. Oh. Just blanket. That's the early 2000s for you. How long? <sighs> like, how long was it before people actually realized that Africa had multiple countries in it? Oh my gosh. Because people would say, Where are you going? Africa? Okay, but where? But where? <laughs> like, do you know how big a continent is? It's a huge continent. Where in Africa? Yeah. Oh well, um, I don't know. Yeah, you should you should look into that. You, you know the last like four books I read were written by or there's like I have a handful of books that I've read that were written by British authors that like they there's a lot of like going home to Africa themes. Mm-hmm. They've been really good. I'm like, I'm into that. Maybe I want to I can't pick an identity. That's my problem. Do you have to? I, you know, it's hard because I've been forced to, I've been forced to have to choose, but then I also don't want to choose because I'm so connected to both, yeah. you know? And, um, I think that, I think that racial identity is going to crisis, crisis is going to be permanent. I think that's a permanent thing. Yeah. I mean, it's getting better because people are getting better about the conversation about being mixed, but yeah. it's still, it's still going to be a thing until, um, Oh, this is probably problematic, but <laughs> I want you to say it anyway. I know, I know, but I don't know if you want to keep this this clip in. But until the people that were around for the paper bag test, oh, are long gone. Yeah. <laughs> May they just you know fall off a cliff and never come back. Yeah. Until until those folks are gone, um, I feel like it will kind of always be an issue. But I think it's because. And this is, goes back to why I was asking the age range mm-hmm. of the execs, mm-hmm. right? Because in my uh, personal experience, um, people that are white and are over the age of 60, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them tend to be really problematic mm-hmm. um, because of the way society was when they were raised. Mm-hmm. And I just figure out how much I want to say. (laughs) (laughs) Take easy. Um, I used to work with people who were of that age range Mm -hmm. and were also white. And they would say things to me that they thought were okay. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, that's not okay. And they would say, well, growing up, it was okay for us to say, it is, hear me, because I'm only going to tell you what. <laughs> I don't die for this shit. This is not acceptable. Oh, well, I did. And you're just like, all right, fine. You're lucky I like you. I'm not going to slice your throat today. Congratulations. You live yeah. to another day. Yeah. But the, those folks who, what's the little girl's name who uh, first integrated? Oh, uh, Ruby first, Bridges. 
Ruby, right. The, that meme was going around for, uh, actually made a few rounds of that meme where it was like, you know, nothing's going to be solved until like the, the people that went along Ruby in the school mm-hmm. get schooled basically, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of, to me, kind of comes back to that mentality. Like race will always be an issue for those who saw it as an issue. Right. The more recent generations have seen it as less and less of an issue mm-hmm. because really there are bigger fish to fry than what the hell you look like. Yeah, like it's like that whole idea of, you know, um, the colorblindness concept, right? Like we grew up with that. We did not, we were not told that, we were told this is a good thing. Like you guys are the same. You can achieve the same thing. You can go to the same schools. You guys, there's nothing different about you. You know, fast forward 30 years and we're like, fuck, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah. The, I don't see color. I just see humans. Yeah. No, no, it, it's it's okay to see color. It's okay yeah. to recognize it. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a while, unfortunately. But even someone in, in your position where the the cultures that you come from just have like such a different history. Yeah. Right. But there are there are other people like myself. My father's from here, my mother's from here, but somehow along the way, I really was identifying with my father's culture. Mm. And, um, but I was raised by my mother Mm. and it wasn't, and I didn't pick that up right away. I think somewhere like in high school, I kind of started like verbally identifying with his culture and then it kind of just carried on. Mm -hmm. But I don't know some-ish years ago in the last decade or something, my brother and I were talking and we were just like, why don't we, why don't we verbalize like support for our mother's culture? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why we go so hard for his culture and not go equally as hard for hers. You know what I mean? And I I just thought that that was interesting. Do you think it's because for the longest time women lost their identities because when they became their husband's property, mm. <laughs> because, you know, like we see it, we see that in pop culture all the time where the wife is always like, like I specifically Gilmore girls comes to mind because Emily Gilmore always says we're Gilmore's we're Gilmore's. And it's like, Emily, you're not, you married <laughs> in, <laughs> like yeah. you are not the same sturdy stock as Richard Gilmore. You married in You're something else. We never know her maiden name, you right. know? And, and that, it's just that and that happens a lot in pop culture where like the wives are always very much the holder upper of like this is who we are we're these mm-hmm. people and you're like but you're also other people <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> you are not genetically like him and that yeah is so it's like that forced of like you can only focus on your paternal side because you know women are property <laughs> yeah no that makes sense I I think you probably have like a really good point. And then you might know, but in the Jewish community, you're Jewish if your mother's Jewish or Jewish if your dad's Girl, Jewish. I don't, listen, I started following some Jewish content creators on Instagram and yeah. my mind is blown because I didn't realize how little I knew about Judaism as a religion and Judaism and Jewish as an ethnicity, like I am getting an education. So I like, I'm very hesitant to speak on any of it. My mind is like, 
what? I didn't know these things. Like you're blowing my perceptions out of the water. I'm here for it. Thank you. But also yeah. I got a lot of un- like deprogramming to do. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I should probably start following the same people just to make sure we shift together. For real. Like, cause I think we had this conversation once before where I told you about how my grandma used to try and pass for Jewish. And I was like, I don't get it. Like I've never heard of black, black Jewish people, Jewish black people, whatever the order is supposed to be, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then suddenly Instagram was like, here's all these black Jewish content creators. And I was like, what? Yeah. And depending on who you talk to, um, uh, Hotep, that's what I'm trying to think of the Hotep folks, just depending on the conversations you have with certain groups of people, they will tell you that black people are the original Jews. Interesting. They will tell you that it goes back to, like if you follow the bloodline, sure, it takes you, black people are the original Jews. And then that kind of like spurs into the conversation of, you know, Jesus and what he actually looked like and what he was described. Oh yeah, I love the conversation. I love, oh man, you know, he was brown. Come on now, like- there's no way There's when you no describe someone eth- with their hair as ethnical, wool, ethnical is that a word there's no fucking way that man was white nope 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 not None. in the regions of the world in mm-hmm. which they say he came from mm-hmm. no it is it's no it, it didn't happen and i'm sorry and that's not the way it Sorry, it's not our fault. We just showed up. Listen, facts are facts. Jesus was not a white man. That's always a topic. We get to that another time. But I think I totally derailed this conversation. And my original point was I think that these corporations that are doing stuff like with Pepsi and Kendall Jenner, I think that most of them are taking advantage of. They're following the money yeah. is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, they're following the money. And some people in, um, I'll just say Black Hollywood have said, I don't even care if they're following the money. That's at least I'm recognizing that Black people spend money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and therefore, you should make something for them because they will spend that money. Yeah. Right. Like that whole argument about like, oh, you know, it's just not economical. It doesn't make sense. We can't do a big, you know, there's could never be a big black blockbuster movie. Oh God. Black Panther. You know, Ryan Coolidge was like, I see you and I raise you King T'Challa. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And you know, before black, you can't tell me that Will Smith wasn't global. Right. Like, honestly, like he, for all of the interesting things, the Smiths contribute to the world. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. You can't, yeah. You cannot deny his impact on pop culture and society. Like it just, he, he's a household name. And if he, if he's nominated for an Academy Award for King Richard, which I haven't seen yet, because I'm worried I'm going to cry a lot. (laughs) Yeah, me too. But I need to see it before the Academy Awards ceremony on March 27th. Um, and if I think if he wins, which I don't know if he will, I haven't done my deep dive on Academy stuff this year um, yet. It, it'll be a very interesting shift because he will be number three to win Best Actor. Yeah, the last one was Denzel, right? 
Sydney, Portier, then Denzel, and then if Will, then Will would be lucky. And I take issue with the fact that Denzel won for training day because he has stellar fucking performances in other movies that deserved to be recognized. Yeah. But yet we gave him an award for being a dirty cop. And same thing with Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. People are upset with her because when she got the award. Wait, did Mahershala Ali win Best Supporting or Best Actor? I think Supporting. Okay, I'm going to just double check real quick. Exactly. Yeah, hit the Googles. Hit the Googles so yeah. we make sure that we're, we're speaking truth here. Yeah, exactly. Because he's, he's, he's a fine man. <laughs> Yes, he is. Yes, Bring he is. him on screen, please. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. But yeah, when Hallie won her award, they were like, oh, she won her award. Oh, yeah, best supporting. He is best supporting two times in a row. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, not in a row, but in 2016 and 2018. Hey, friends. This episode recording was almost two hours long. So this is part one just for you. And part two will come up next real quick, but I wanted to give you part one right away. I just want to point out a few things in part two. We clarify some of the talking points that we made in this first episode. So we'll clarify how many black men were nominated for best actor in a lead role for the Academy Award. And I also want to point out too, I make the statement in part two that Denzel Washington should have been recognized for his role in the hurricane. He was, he was nominated for best actor. He did not win. So that's a misunderstanding on my end. Anyway, hope you enjoy. Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous is written, edited, and produced by me, Julia Washington. If you love our show and want to support it, there's a few ways you can do that. You can become a supporter on Patreon for $10 a month to receive ad-free episodes with bonus content. Or you can write a review and rate the podcast wherever you find your podcasts. And lastly, if neither of those things is your style, you can find us on Instagram. Give us a follow and share our video clips with your friends. We're on IG as Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. Thanks for tuning in, y'all.